Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. All right, it is it is Super Bowl week, and I know everybody's kind of focused on a little bit on the game and what you're going to be cooking and what all the teams and who you like and don't like, and mm-hmm. you know maybe you're thinking about the draft for your team, you know. But it is, it's it's all you know going on uh, right now. But all of this season, since I think around October eighth, when Taylor Swift first showed up at Travis Kelsey at Kansas City Chiefs game, there's been this increased focus by both football players looking at her, Swifties looking at football, and it's kind of created an interesting conversation piece for a lot of people at. Their tables and it's kind of mm-hmm. repurposed some discussions and arguments about an artist that I think we started following back when we lived in Nashville and she was a teenager and singing, you know, uh, very, very Romeo and Juliet, very, very clever songs, teardrops mm-hmm. of my guitar and, and these things. Mm-hmm. And, and we were a great fan uh, of her, of her work. As it's evolved, I think seven months ago, we started drawing a little bit of attention to there's things happening at the on stage concerts that are interesting. They're probably not about the music and 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 it might have an ulterior message to it. I want to create a context also. This isn't about liking or not liking Taylor Swift as a person. This is not about whether you like her music as a genre. Maybe you like rap or maybe you like heavy metal or whatever. It's like it's not about not mm-hmm. about that. It's more about the industry as a whole and the messaging that's hidden within it and actually not very well hidden. Um, to c- create a context, we're going to play a couple of clips for you real quick, and then we have an incredibly special guest uh, here to kind of break down some of the subtleties to this in a way that you probably have not mm-hmm. heard uh, discussed before. Uh, but let's start uh, from from just some of the messaging and some of the onstage uh, clips that you might or may or may not have seen. Do you guys hear folks going like, boom? Oh. Like that? Is that? Watch it! I'm not touching that. You have no idea. Did you hear that? Are, are they able to hear that? I, I didn't play that, so that means that. Yeah, it totally seems haunted. It all went down night three of Tay's Airs tour in Foxborough, Massachusetts. At one point, her piano started playing on its own. In her most recent concert, Taylor Swift is performing witchcraft. And I know this is going to raise some controversy in the comments, but this just doesn't look right to me. For Swifties, seeing Taylor Swift live is a dream come true. But for some of these diehard fans, they have no memory of their concert experience. It's being called Taylor Amnesia. You heard that right. Some fans can't remember the concert they attended just moments earlier. That's what happened to 32-year-old Nicole Booz, who saw Taylor earlier this month in Philadelphia. You spent almost $1,000 on a ticket, right? And you can't remember anything? It felt like so surreal. Afterwards, as we were leaving, I was like, did she play this song? I don't remember this song. I don't remember her doing that. Hollywood venerates the eye of Horus or Dionysus. Target. 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 
has most definitely used Hollywood star power to catch the eye of the consumer and sell not only a wide array of merchandise, but sell them on the spiritual values of the Patreon god of their brand, Dionysus. The pop star Taylor Swift is a prime example of how the retail chain uses celebrities to spiritually condition the public to accept their inverted doctrine. In this scene, in Taylor Swift's recently released music video, Karma, we see the infernal nature of the Dionysian cult. In the form of Taylor, adorned in full theatrical Greek garb, from the long robe to the horned mask, concealing the true identity and intention of the high priestess. Man, that does not look like the Taylor Swift I knew when she was little. Man, uh, there's just a lot of messaging there. We're going to break this down for you and encourage you to kind of just hang on to this and keep going. It's interesting with the piano playing itself. She's like, I don't know. It's it's mm -hmm. playing itself. There's always an imitation of what God's doing. Um, there's church services that we've seen even with Robin Bullock where in worship, there'll be uh, music coming forward. And I think I think both uh, entities can, can tap into something that's unseen, just like uh, Moses going into see Pharaoh. Pharaoh's uh, uh, priests threw down their rods. Moses mm -hmm. threw down his rod. There's always an imitation back and forth. And we're going to get into some of that as, mm -hmm. as we go. Um, we're going to play another clip uh, that kind of breaks down this a little bit further. Super fascinating. Um, I don't know how many clips this has gotten, but it's been sent to us probably five, five or six times. times. People think. saying, hey, would you look at this? Uh, Andrew Tate even shared this back out. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this is a pretty powerful clip that you can see on YouTube, Instagram, and a lot of other places. Um, let's go ahead and play this. Swift is finally showing you guys who she truly is, and you're still not paying attention, huh? She literally called herself a witch in this tweet. Billboard chart says this is a song for all the lonely witches. Y'all think they're just putting on an artistic act? This woman was on tour going state to state doing live rituals on stage. And nobody's paying attention to it, huh? You're that brainwashed. Pitchforks and proof. Every seat's in reasons. They're burning all the witches even if you aren't one. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a serpent behind her. Y'all waking up yet? Last week's sweetheart has turned to this week's witch. In that video, she was acting like she was in hell. So yeah, last week's sweetheart has turned to this week's witch in hell. But are you catching on yet? So a witch in front of a serpent. Let's go deeper, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't it interesting that Taylor Swift looks exactly like Zena LaVey? Who is Zena LaVey, you might ask? She's Anton LaVey's daughter. Anton LaVey was the founder of the Satanic Church. And his daughter, Zena LaVey, was a high priestess for Satan. Safe to say she was a witch. Oh, how the resemblance is remarkable. So America's Sweetheart blew up being America's Sweetheart, but now she's trying to make it cool to be a witch. Hmm, why is that? Well, I said it before, you do not get this big without certain contracts being signed. 
They got her right where they wanted her just so they can turn her around so she can manipulate the youth. The kids love Taylor Swift. But instead of being a great role model that she built her fan base off of, now she wants to be a witch. Y'all see the switch? And this isn't something new. Billie Eilish with children. Building a fan base with children. Then all of a sudden she made a song called All the Good Girls Go to Hell. Now this is your Billie. Now this is your Billie. And all the brainwash would call it artistic. Little Nas X built a fan base off of children. They blew this man up out of nowhere. Then what happened? Out of nowhere, he switched. Next thing we know, he's sliding from heaven into hell. Even gave him his own satanic shoe. They had 666 on him. Also Luke 1018, the verse in the Bible where Satan fell like lightning. So do you guys see the comparison? Do you guys see the pattern? Do you guys see who they're after? They're after the youth. Because if they can control the youth, they can control the future. Y'all might have thought she was America's sweetheart. But my Bible says even Satan himself masquerades like an angel of light. Stop listening to these artists and stop letting your children listen to these artists. Little do you know you are allowing demonic spirits to come into your household. Because when you play that nonsense, you are coming into agreement with that nonsense. Your eyes and your ears are portals. What you let into them is what you're coming into agreement with. 2024, let's be smarter. Let's be more wise. If it's not glorifying God, cut it off. God bless you. Man, such a great point. So when you see uh, somebody that already has a massive following be elevated and magnified, mm -hmm. you walk into magazine sections and literally every single one is one artist. They're not highlighting 20 of them or 10 or five. It's, it, it, it's one and it's in a political campaign. There's mm -hmm. so many angles on this. And again, this isn't somebody like, I'm frustrated they show her in the suite mm -hmm. during a Chiefs game. It has nothing to do with any of these things. It, it's what is the message behind the message. And uh, uh, we actually have the uh, the creator of that last clip. He has, oh, I think, over 2 million followers on the major platforms, breaking things down. And uh, about half of what he said, it says, usually comes directly from the Bible. He's been a frequent, uh, been a guest on the show before. We always learn a lot. Mr. Isaiah Robbins. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure oh, to be you here, did guys. it now. You Welcome done back. Poked, poked the bee's nest here. Uh, <laughs> right, what kind right. of feedback have you gotten from that from that uh, clip so far? Um, I mean, good feedback and uh, from the Swifties, bad feedback. <laughs> you know, um, a lot a lot a lot of people don't understand. You know that you can get into a place of worship when it comes to a celebrity. You can get into a place of worship when you start defending things that are clearly in your face. You are now in a place of worship. You are now in a place of where you are elevating them to a point where they are an idol, right? Mm -hmm. This 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 woman is um, portraying like she's in hell in these videos. This woman is saying that she's a witch on Twitter. These, you know, what I mean, when you get to that point, it doesn't matter how much you love this person. You have to take a step back and really start looking at it like. Um, something's off about this. If if she's saying she those things, and those things are not of God. Um, what wh where's the switch? What's really mm -hmm. being said here? You know, Second uh, Corinthians uh, six fourteen says that what what fellowship do we have? What does light have with darkness? You know what I mean? So at that point, if, if if you are with God and you are you know walking in light and you see this person who is um, you know normally being seen in a light way, 
you know, I, I, I said it in the video, America's Sweetheart has turned to uh, this year's witch, mm-hmm. you know. Um, at that point, you have to take a step back and really start looking at a different perspective. Isaiah, you have been, um, you know, in the limelight, you've been on every aspect of it from the time that you were little. You've kind of seen it all. And, you know, and you even said in there, for somebody to right. be able to be on these platforms, there's been some compromise somewhere along the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm surprised that you knew that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I used to be in Hollywood. Um, you know, I toured the states. Um, yeah, and I I've been in those different uh, environments, different parties. Um, the Lord took me out of it. Amen. Uh, I've 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 seen the, the different rooms. I haven't been in the different rooms, but I've seen people going in these different rooms. Um, but the Lord definitely took me out of it. And um, there's 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 different, you know, um, uh, different routes you take to become uh, elevated in different ways. You know what I mean? And it's just so interesting how Taylor Swift, at the peak, at the peak of who she is right now, all of a sudden turned witch, right? Mm-hmm. She's been gaining young, young followers all her life. Innocent Taylor Swift, sweetheart, American sweetheart, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, this whole yep. time. I've never even paid attention to Taylor Swift like that. And I've exposed different people, you know, Beyonce, Jay-Z, different people, Doja, Lil Nas X. I've never looked at Taylor Swift like that. The first time I looked at her was when she was upset about Roe v. Wade and she was saying she was a Christian. And I was like, I don't don't, don't fit too Mm -hmm. well. Maybe you should have just been silent. You know, that was the first time I started looking into her. And then it's just interesting now how she's up here and doing things where she's acting like she's in hell. She's saying she's a witch. She's doing different rituals on stage and different performances. I don't care what kind of Swifty you are. You have to really take a step back and start looking at it, you know, um, from a different perspective on on not being a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, we've actually been to a few uh, Kansas City Chiefs games this year when she was there. And the interesting thing was, you know, we were at a, a, one game in particular I was thinking of was there was a young girl in front of us. She was probably like 12 and uh, obviously very excited, you know, she's like, oh, Taylor Swift, you know, and she kept looking up the box where Taylor Swift was. And, you know, a couple uh, guys down from me, he's probably 60 some, maybe 70. Um, he was doing the same thing. A few rows down from there. I mean, all ages, you name it, you know, 30 year old guys looking up. I mean, all ages were just truly like, oh, my gosh, there's Taylor Swift. They what, what you were saying earlier was very true where it was it wasn't. I would say normal. Well, it's it's such a big platform. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know where she would rank in most recognizable figures in the world, but you know, these tours are going all through South America, through all, you know, everywhere. And so there's, there is that intrigue with somebody who's that recognizable. And so you're given this platform and then what do you do with it? It's the question. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, what I want to say about that is too, it's sad you know, when you see the 12 year old, when you see the eight year old, when you see the teenagers looking up to Taylor Swift and looking up to her to be a role model um, and she all of a sudden wants to be a witch. You know why that's sad is because now you have these little girls who are going to want to be witches. You know, they're not understanding mm-hmm. the depth that they're not understanding the depth that comes with that. They're not understanding the spiritual aspect that comes with that. But when you start wanting to be a witch, you start looking into which things you start inviting witches in. You start inviting demonic spirits mm. in without even really understanding what's going on. Then you start inviting these things in. Now you're in your house. It starts coming in your house. The house starts turning upside down. Dif- different depression, different anxiety, different things start going into that house that's manifesting from you wanting to be a witch, from you watching Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why it's important 
that's why that, that's why you know it was even important for me to make the video I don't do things to try to be mean to uh, different people, but it's to show people what they are coming into agreement with it, what they're coming into agreement with and what they're watching, because our ears and our eyes are portals. Our ears and our eyes are portals, and we invite different things in. We, we're, we're spiritual beings. We have to really start understanding that. It's not just about the flesh and being in this matrix. We have to really start understanding who we actually are on earth, and we can invite things in. You know, And her doing that and little, little girls watching that, that's exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. What, what advice do you have for people? Because, you know, there's people that are going to hear this. And they're going to say, oh, they're just making something out of nothing, you know, or that was just, that's just entertainment. That's not mm-hmm. an, an important thing. It's just, you know, it's like going to a movie. There's a good guy mm-hmm. in a bag. Like she's just playing a role. It's theatrics. Uh, it's just that, like, what advice do you have for people to maybe increase their level of discernment and uh, take ownership? for what they're personally taking in, but also as a leader within their home, you know, they're going to get a lot of pushback. If people are like, you know, Hey, minimize the Taylor mm-hmm. Swift flow into the home because it's coming at you. TV radio. I mean, when it's on, when, when, when she's the lead on ESPN and everywhere, mm-hmm. it's like, that's a full court press. Yeah. You know, this takes me back to us getting right with God, to be honest, because a lot of people don't understand the spiritual aspect of, of life because they're not close to God. You know, when you when you start getting closer to God, you start realizing that we shouldn't even have idols. You know, we shouldn't even hold people to a that high of a, a level where we're willing to ignore different things that are put right in, right in front of our face. You know, and the closer we get to God, the more we start understanding spiritual things that can come into our life, that can take over us, that, that can distract us from what we're, what we're, what we're meant to be doing. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I honestly, it's always going back to God with me, you know, because I was in this world and nothing, nothing would have separated me from it except God. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and understanding who God is and understanding that I'm a child of God and that needs to be my focus, really. You know, so I, I would just say, you know, we have we have to get into a place where we start putting God first again. And clearly you can see the world is trying to go away from that. The world is trying to separate us away from that. Mm-hmm. Thank God for people. Thank, thank God for people like your platform. Thank God for people like uh, the Lord using people like me to be trumpets, to show things like this, because a lot of people don't know these things. A lot of people don't see these things. Right. I have so many comments saying, oh, my goodness, I've never seen it like that. I've never thought of it like that. This woman has a strength behind her. She's doing different <laughs> rituals on stage. She's going from hell, uh, uh, earth to hell in her video. And she calls herself a Christian. You know, what kind of Christian? I, I, it blows my mind. I'm, uh, you know, I, I just don't understand. So when I talk about different things like this, I want people to actually understand uh, who this type of person or this type of Christian is not aligned with who, you know, who, 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 who we're meant to be in God. You know, so I would say we need to get back right with God. We need to start putting God again, God first again. Before we let you go, can you talk a little bit? I just want you to describe the portal because I think that's really important. Understanding that our eyes and our ears are actually portals that can really affect our life. It's not just a, oh, now, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I saw it, but no big deal. But when you see something, you hear something, that's an opening for Satan, uh, for the enemy to actually come in. What's well, opening either way? There's a reason why you, you play worship music at church. Right. It's because you, you know, you're on the way to church and it's crazy and you're, you know, your flesh is there, but you know, you hear music and it's like, okay, I am a spirit that has a body. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, most people recognize there's, right, you know, right, there's right, more right, to right. it. So like it, everything used there seems like it's used on mm-hmm. both sides. Sure. It's just, it's we've never seen it. Right. It's, it's counterfeit, but very intentional. Yeah. You know, 
In second second Corinthians six fourteen, it says that even Satan masquerades like an angel of light, right? So that's telling us, you know, even when people like Taylor Swift, who we thought was a sweetheart, it can be switched. You know what I mean? Um, something above her is is having her do different things, you know, and, and and leading us in different ways, you know. And so we looking at this like it's light, but really it's darkness in disguise. That that that, that happens a lot of different times, mm. you know. Um, and now. Days the radio and different shows they just completely coming out and being darkness. You know what I mean? It's like the crazier you get, the the better you are, the cooler <laughs> you are in in the world's yeah. eyes. You know, so her becoming a witch is, you know, it, it, it it's it's mind blowing to different people. You know, when you tell people things like this and they won't believe it, they'll try to you know shed a blind a blind eye to it. But it's, it's real. When you got somebody calling themselves a witch and then deleting that <laughs> tweet, mm-hmm. something's going on there. Yeah. That, that's interesting. Point. Isaiah, how can people find you and continue to follow your work? We'll put the links down below to all your different platforms, but what's the best way for them to follow us? Cause it's not like you just do, you know, hate on Taylor Swift videos every day. You know, you're, you, you cover right. a lot of stuff and a lot of it's very <laughs> life giving mm-hmm. positive, you know, like focusing on what, what, Amen. what's good, but you know, some things you weren't able to ignore, but what's the best way for people to be able to stay in touch with you? Um, yeah, well, for sure. I don't, I don't just do uh Taylor Swift videos. Um, no, I, 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 I shared I shared the word of the Lord, you know, but when the Lord, when I feel the, my spirit needs to uh, when I feel the Lord leading me to expose something, you know, I don't want to be one of those silent Christians. I absolutely find it necessary to use my voice and my platform to get it out there. Amen. But you can find me anywhere. Just search Isaiah Robin anywhere. Just Google Isaiah Robin, my Instagram, my, my TikTok, my music. Just search Isaiah Robin. You should be able to find me. And your cool clothes. Is it godlyvibes.com? Yes, with a Z, gollyvibes.com, G-O-D-L-Y-V-I-B-E-Z.com. Faith-based apparel, amen. That is so cool. Awesome. Hey, thanks for taking your time to stop by. Thanks for doing what you're doing because, you know, we all play a role and uh, getting getting this message out. And again, it's not to hate on a person. It's just to wake people up mm-hmm. uh, right. to be intentional right. with what kind of things they're consuming. You probably wouldn't let somebody with muddy shoes tromp through your home or just walk in with a trash can and dump it in your living room. And right. uh, there's no reason to be doing those same things with our minds or the minds of our, our children for sure. So thanks for what you're doing. Amen. We appreciate it. All right, Flavor family. My name is Avery Whited. I'm the daughter of David and Stacy. I'm just moving in, so I had to get an order for my pillow and get the things that I needed. So let's look inside. I got some my pillow uh, towels, kitchen towels. I got some of their Giza sheets. Now I've never actually been able to use them, but I've heard amazing things from my parents about them. And last but not least, something for Charlie. Hey, dog bed. All right, Charlie, let's go put this in the dryer and fluff it up for you. Come on, buddy. Nice and warm and fluffy. Perfect for my little guy. Come here, Charlie. All right, if you want to get your own products, go to mypillow.com and use promo code FLYOVER to save up to 66% off. You know, in life, there's a lot of kinds of currencies. You know, we talk a lot of, you know, in, in the business world, we talk about currencies because you have currencies, you know, every country, nation has currencies you trade. Yep. There's even Bitcoin is a currency. Um, relational equity is a currency, mm-hmm. you know, hugs are a currency, uh, water, air, things are currency. Respect. If, if, if I lost, you know, my daughter's respect, 
what would I do to get it back? Right. It's like, oh, that. so it's a valuable thing. It's a currency. We operate in lots of kinds of currencies. Some are spoken and acknowledged, some are not. And, and something has become one of the highest currencies. If I have a lot of this one thing, I can almost win any situation. And it's become offense. Offense, oh, so offense true. is a currency. Like, oh, I, I have more offenses than than I'm you. Offended. I'm more offended than you, so I, I can win an, an, an argument. And it's become uh, the, this 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 form of exchange that can get you out of trouble, get you out of jail, and get you mm-hmm. out about anything uh, if if you have more offenses than someone else. And it's become so fluid and almost un, it's this unspoken currency that's taught in our schools and as we go mm-hmm. through that people are not sometimes not even aware that they're they're exchanging it. In, in their dialogues until somebody comes along and like just takes it and puts it right in the middle and like, hey, can't ignore it. Did you did you did you know this? Um, there's a Jedi master that's been doing this for quite a while. Matter of fact, when we started this podcast, we made a list of 100 people that we would love to talk to on on this show. And I'm going to give you an example of how he, he 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 takes that currency and shows people that it's actually something that that they're using. Check out this clip. Are you Mexican? No. Yes. I think it reaffirms stereotypes that are offensive to people. It's not yours. <laughs> Do you find my outfit offensive? Yes. Yeah. Why? Because it's not your culture. Um, you don't really understand what their culture means and what it means to wear these things, like the hats and the maracas. You know, you sort of have to understand where all of this comes from for it to not be cultural appropriation. Does my outfit offend you? You look, no, 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 you look nice. Do you like my costume? Yes. Does it offend you? No. Um, do you like Do you like my outfit? Oh yeah, it's awesome. Does my outfit offend you? No, not at all. No. No, nothing. That's good. That is so good. There's there's hundreds of those, and they were made famous, you know, in a conjunction of a series that was done over a long period of time with with PragerU, and PragerU does the incredible, you know, the little five minute videos breaking down issues. I, I call PragerU like a time machine to two hours from now because nobody has time to watch a two hour thing, but you watch, watch a, a five minute clip. You watch a million five minute clips, yep. and, and it it it. it, it it, it shows you things that have taken place in our culture you didn't even realize were happening. We're so honored today to, to have as a guest, best-selling author, Mr. Will Witt. Yay! There he is. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. I love the applause. That's quite oh. nice. Well, some things in life are too important to leave up to chance. True. You might, you know, it's easy to go days, even weeks without getting applause. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we kind of bake it the cake. Yeah, for me, it's usually months. So thank you. I really <laughs> when you're on a but, college campus meeting with students, it's usually it could be years for someone like me. True, right? or maybe never. The, the thing yeah, I always want to add, yeah, or ever, <laughs> yeah. more likely to get a tomato uh, at you. But your ability to do that, there's two people, and I mean a lot of people do videos like that. But but Ami Horowitz and yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a good job of, of getting in these conversations. But like it's the thing I've wanted to talk to you about because our, one of our, our goals of this show isn't just to point out how bad things are or how dumb someone is, or this is a country where all need to live together. Mm-hmm. And we want people to have better conversations at the water cooler, at the church foyer, at the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. table. And, and you truly are, you know, the, you know, Connor McGregor, you know, of, of doing, of doing that, but before going into the conversation, what is your mindset to talk about these things? You know, like you're, you know, you're leaning into something that that could trigger people, but you do it in a way that doesn't seem condescending, doesn't right. seem with an intent to hurt. Mm-hmm. It actually is no malice. No malice. You, you, mm-hmm. you seem to to build a bridge, even addressing offense. 
Yeah. So let's think of an example, right? I did a video called, can you define socialism? And I went around, I think it was the, the Cal State LA and I went and asked students if they could define what socialism was. And of course, most of these students have no idea what socialism is. They say, oh, we're, it's socialism right now. We're socializing together, right? That's socialism. And there's two ways that you can go about making a video like that when you're asking people questions. You can either be going in with the intention to showcase the answers of these students and say, oh, look, you guys got the video up right here. You can go in with the intent of showcasing these students, say, look how dumb they are, look how stupid they are, I'm laughing at them, and then showing the world the stupidity of people. Or you can go in with the intention, which is what I try to do in the most of my videos, is go in and say, okay, I'm making a video for people to see how the left has destroyed this country, but also I'm going to show people how to have good conversations and change people's minds. I wanted to change people's minds when I was talking to them on the street or on a college campus, at the beach, wherever I was, because that is the most important thing. It's one thing for a bunch of conservatives to to watch a video that they already agree with and say, look how stupid these people are. It's a whole right. nother thing for someone who doesn't know these ideas or maybe disagrees with them to see an argument that actually lays out clearly the things that we believe next to someone who doesn't know about it. And then someone be able to use those same skills and tactics to go and talk to people. Because the reason why I always, I always went and asked questions and didn't go and really debate people People always said that. They're like, you should have, you should have gone and debated people more on this, on this certain issue. And I'm like, well, that's not the point because the point is, is that when you are changing someone's mind, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily you changing that, that person's mind. It's them changing their own mind because they couldn't answer the question that you gave them. Mm-hmm. And that's what it always came down to when I was making my videos. So good, because if I'm debating someone, there's automatically, they're going to put up a wall of defense. They can't help it. You know, it's just, they're going to defend their their side of it. But when you ask a question to somebody, it's almost like, um, you have a piece of popcorn that's stuck in a tooth and you know, and you, and you can't stop thinking about it <laughs> yeah. until it's out. When you ask me a question and they don't really have an answer, that's what happens. It's like that piece of popcorn. They can't let it go. And they're thinking about it long after you left the conversation. Oh, that's definitely right. I was actually, I did an event for my first book. This was uh, three years ago, two years ago. And I was back in LA doing a, a book tour event. And this guy comes up to me and he says, Hey man, do you remember me? I say, I have no idea who you are. Who are you? And he says, just about two years ago, you were interviewing me on the street about the presidents and, and asking me questions about history and the presidents. And I had no idea who any of these people were. I think, I, I believe that he said that the vice president of the United States was Barack Obama at the time that Trump was actually president. You oh, know, this wow. Is the, the level that he answered. And he said, well, then I found out about you and, and saw other videos that you did. And now I'm this huge conservative because I went and watched all these videos. Wow. And I'm so happy to be here at this event. You know, and that's just one of a, a myriad of stories that I'll have people coming up to me or messaging me and saying they used either the tools that were in the videos to change someone's mind or, or debate someone on a college campus, their professor maybe, or a kid in class, all these different things. And, and that's what I think it's really all about. It's really about that we are trying to change minds. And it, the, like we're always talking about, you know, Republicans are always on defense and Republicans aren't winning and, and they let the left run all over us. And that's true. But how are we going to respond to that? We respond to that by being on offense, but we be on offense in a compassionate way to people and change their minds instead of just trying to belittle people. There's no mm-hmm. point in trying to belittle people. You, right. you end up looking like a fool yourself. That's exactly well, I, right. I, Nobody likes it. Like if they're watching it and you see somebody, it's almost like you're a bully. Well, you you, you almost feel yeah. bad then. And there the are people who like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And there is a group of people who like to watch that sort of content. I'm, there are plenty of man on the street videos where people go out and they do belittle people and just try and make people look stupid. And, and sure, there's a, there's a place for that. You know, people want to watch it. It can make good content that's very interesting and, and all that. I understand that just for me, for what I did, it was never the intent, intent or purpose of my videos. Even if people did look stupid, they did that to themselves. You know, I, I can't help that. But it wasn't the purpose of me going out right. to make sure. those types of, type of content. We'll put, we'll put the links to, yeah. to both of your books. You have two incredible books. The links are going to be down below as well as people to be, felt, be able to follow you on social media. But I, I love your your first book, um, the How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies, is good. You know, we spent, before we ever had a podcast, 25 years in business. And something, especially like maybe from age like 23 through through my 30s, I tried almost annually to read Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence mm-hmm. People. Um there's a section of there that still jumps out at me uh, that, that one of the chapters he talks about, I think, it, you know, he goes through these different mobsters um, and one is machine gun Crowley. And he talks about this, this, this instance, this guy had, had killed several cops. He's inside of a, like a hotel room and I'm probably messing up some of the details, but there's, there's broken glass around him. They're calling for him to come out and he'd already been shot himself. There's a shootout. There's a, a shootout with, <laughs> with the police and, and he's laying there kind of bleeding out and, 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 He's a murderer. He's a bank robber. He's done all, all of these things. The last words that, that he wrote is like, he said something along the lines of beneath this coat is, is, is a kind heart and a good man who would never harm another person. And like, that was his perception of himself was, uh, you know, we tend to judge, we judge ourselves based on our intentions mm-hmm. and we judge others based on the fruit of their actions. You know, but like if, if, if I'm late and I have a lot of good reasons, if you're late, like, what the heck I'm waiting, you know, like we always judge ourselves based on what we intended to do. We judge others based on what they actually do. And you take a guy like machine gun Crowley and he's, he's, he's killed people. He's robbed banks. He's hurt and harmed. But even in the midst of that, he still viewed himself as a kind soul. Mm -hmm. And so pointing out his flaws probably isn't going to do an about face, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's probably aware of those filters through those and found, you know, this is what I'm about. And so if, if that's an extreme circumstance. And so walking up to somebody and pointing out a flaw, it rarely is going to go anywhere. They naturally resist that. So, you know, in this conversation, you, you had to have, first of all, really thought through and churned on these ideas mm-hmm. in private so that it was so clear in your mind, socialism and what this was about, so that you could almost invite them you know, into walking in, you know, down the road together of, of, of ideas with great questions. Like you had to been just so focused on the quality level of the questions that you asked in those engagements. Yeah. And it wasn't just always the questions because, you know, you'd get the questions and you'd understand what people would answer. But then it was a lot of the follow-ups. And you understand that a lot of the follow-ups are then not just telling them again what to think. It is a follow-up question. It is the next question that would come from it. Mm. You know, oh, do you know what socialism is? How would you define socialism? They say something. I'm like, well, do you know who Mao was? Uh, no, I don't know who Mao is. Do you know how many people Mao killed? You know, these kind of things. And it's again, I'm not going up to him and saying, well, Mao Zedong did this and he killed this many people and this is what he did. They're kind of just going to shut off if they see something like that. But if they're like, wow, I had no idea about this. This guy is being very respectful and asking me these questions. They are much more open to changing their minds. And also, these things are great technical skills for people to build. One of the things that I noticed as I was doing my man on the streets, the longer I did it, as in when the Gen, Gen Z was starting to get into college and things like that, 
the conversations, the, the level that I would have of conversation with people was starting to go down even more. The students were becoming less articulate, less eloquent with their words. They wouldn't look you in the eye when they were talking to you. Every other word was like and um. It was very difficult to have these conversations because young people don't have conversations with people about mm-hmm. these kind of things. They're either texting it or, or not even thinking about it or just talking about the most benign, nonsensical stuff that our culture tells them is, is important now. And so just building up the technical skills for these people of having conversations was, I think actually, which is kind of not many people talk about it, but I think is one of the most important things that I did with those videos as well, because people do not know how to even, not even just ask political questions, but just even ask and answer normal questions in the society because we've been so desensitized and our minds have turned into, to mud because of social media and everything we've done in the education system. And it's so true. You know, uh, we used to say in business a lot, the person that asks the most questions controls a conversation. Um, And something that we've even tried to do with our flyover family, um, you know, we had the slogan, wake up, speak up and show up. And so everybody's trying to help wake other people up during this time because we've been very lulled to sleep. Uh, These last few years, it's been like a cold glass of water thrown in a lot of people's face and a lot more people are waking up to what's going on in college campuses and in our government and the media and in Hollywood, you know, it's becoming more apparent. But uh, one of the things that we found over the last few years is there's a lot of families that there's division in families now where, you know, the vaccination came and now they've divided because they really couldn't have conversations with them. So even as a a tip, what would be your tip to people that are listening of how can they maybe bridge that gap? And um, if they're wanting to open somebody's eyes, what's the best way to do that? Well, I'd say, of course, it goes down to asking the questions and doing it in a compassionate way. Every single topic, no matter what it is, has questions that you can ask in a way that is not telling your family what to think, but asking them what they think. Now, I do somewhat have a... My take on this is like, let's think of something like abortion, right? In the eyes of God, abortion is a totally moral issue, and it is right or wrong in in the eyes of God, in the sense that abortion is morally wrong in the eyes of God. There is no dispute about something like that. So it is objectively true. There's no subjective subjectiveness to something like that. Now, you go and talk to a family member, and they believe that abortion is great, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You should do everything in your power to try and change that person's mind to believe in goodness. But if you know that what you are saying is objectively true, there is no getting around it. This isn't like NATO or taxes or something. You know, this is like an objectively true point that has only been made political in the eyes of man, not in the eyes of God. And there are many things like this that aren't just abortion. But if you know it to be true and the person who is in your family or one of your closest friends will not change their mind on this, no matter how hard you have persisted and done all of the right tactics, then it comes to a point that it's you have to understand that you have to live and let live with that type of person and that not every person has a chance to be saved. You can still love that person for believing something that 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 is not true but th- there comes a level of 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 separation from people when you see people believing in evil when it is definitely not true in the eyes of god mm-hmm. and that's something that i've really found you know being now in florida versus living in los angeles and in los angeles as well even in the conservative sphere there's a lot of conservatives who have really capitulated to the left and are totally fine with sacrificing the truth or sacrificing the work, word of god to get votes or to get people to like them to be a big tent whatever it is and to me i've had to separate myself from a lot of those people because i can't be i can't myself surround myself with people who will continually capitulate the truth just to appease others they fear other people way more than they fear god 
And that is a fault and something that we all have to look at in our lives with that. So it, it's tough to have family who disagree on, on fundamental, truthful issues. And I'm not telling you here to disregard them and say that I won't be in your family anymore, but you should do everything you can in your power to change their mind. And if they don't, you have to understand that it, it's an evil thing that they're thinking, even if there's someone who you love that's in your family. Well, like a lot of it comes down to your identity. Like you've, mm-hmm. you, you seem to have figured out that what you believe politically, spiritually, morally, you know, well, so you can engage in a conversation, but you also don't, don't bend over to that side just to get along. Mm-hmm. Like you're still mm-hmm. who you are and, and you allow them to get off the hook and walk away. But you, 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 uh, you've, you've kind of figured out what you're about personally. Yeah. But it's, it's also being very like myself, if I were to go on one of these college campuses, right, and let's say Ben Shapiro was speaking and I dressed up as one of these leftists, I could battle Ben Shapiro as one of these communists better than any of these other people could because I know these people's facts and arguments, you know, facts, quote unquote facts, mm-hmm. arguments and the things that they say inside and out. I could be a better communist mm. than most of these communists could, right? But if you were to go and ask one of these these leftists if they could be a better conservative in, in the arguments oh, than me. Of course they couldn't. They couldn't. You know, do they that. make a great video, have, by the way. Yeah, that would. You go yeah, that would. I that just would be a smoking hot of, video. That would. Or, or, uh, or maybe you with, uh, you know, Charlie Kirk with his, you know, one of his Change My Minds or uh, yeah. uh, Stephen Crowder Steven on campus. Because yeah. those are a different style of doing it, you know, but you come up and, and you could probably argue the gun rights issue with Crowder better than mm-hmm. most of the, 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 the kids that are enraged about it would walk mm-hmm. up and discuss them. That would be really good. That would be really interesting, but it's, I think, I I think that point is so important, you know, and I'm not trying to just toot my own horn here saying I know everything, but I am saying in the sense that I, I do this for a living. So I've done my homework and I've done my research on these kind of things. And I urge people that if you are a conservative, you're on the right, you should be researching the things of the left. You should be looking at the Frankfurt school. You should be looking at Marcuse. You should be looking, reading Saul Linsky's uh, rules for radicals and understanding these types of things inside and out so that you can further, first of all, strengthen your ideas and your convictions. And then secondly, be able to change minds better because you understand where the other side is coming from. But right now, so many Republicans and conservatives are just in an echo chamber of conservatism. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot Mm -hmm. about on social media, conservatives talk about that, you know, conservatives are censored on social media, we're shadow banned, we're all these kind of things. I don't believe that's true. I I disagree with a lot of people. I don't think that's true. I think the truth is shadow banned. I th- I think that that the real truth is banned and censored and made sure that it's not out there. But conservatives aren't censored. A normal conservative saying normal conservative things is not censored because they want people to have this information. They want them to the social media companies that is. They want them to stay on their platforms. They want people to look on there and see ads and so they can make money. Normal conservative talking points are not censored. It is the truth that is censored. And so what it takes is you actually going out and doing more research than everything that is just allowed to you on social media. You have to go and read books. You have to go and and watch mm-hmm. videos of great thinkers and and mm-hmm. and and do things that are actually going to challenge you versus just Here's the latest conservative tweet of the day. And now I know the news, apparently, and, and this is my entire brand of political thinking now. We have to be stronger and smarter about the way that we are consuming media and, and news. That's interesting. Wow. Have you found that um, this has kind of just been something that that I've noticed, but I don't know if it's accurate or not, you know, but this is what I've thought to be true. It seems like conservatives take in a lot more 
of both, you know, CNN and Fox News. But because they are in an airport or they're in a gym and you see CNN, you know, playing in the airport or you see it playing in the gym and you just just in life, there's a lot more of that. But it seems like uh, liberals taken a lot less conservative um, content. Would Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, I think that's accurate for sure. And I also think that the conservative media sphere is just so full of people wanting to be these new type of conservative influencers. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. a young person who's, who's 20 years old, who watches a Ben Shapiro video now wants to be the next Ben Shapiro and, and makes their, makes a YouTube channel and makes their social media like a conservative influencer and stuff. Excuse me. And there is some some definite good to that. You know, it's getting the message out there and it's and it's and it's pushing these things out to more people and being brave in your convictions and that kind of stuff. But it's also kind of a double edged sword in the fact uh, that, that, that we are almost watering down our messages sometimes so that we can gain popularity or notoriety. And instead of actually really having a strong conviction in the things we believe in, we know that conservative media is a means to gaining popularity online. It's all, it's, it's conservatism TM. It's become a brand in a lot of ways. And so what Mm. I've, I've become not necessarily cynical is the word, but I guess more careful about a lot of the, the media that I consume because I realize that a lot of it is the person who's sharing it or talking about it is not doing it for the intention of helping other people or honoring God or putting the truth out there for people. It is about themselves. It is almost a vanity project of putting these conservative posts mm. out there and things like that. Um, and so I think there's a lot le- less of that on the leftist side with in terms of like young Democrat influencers and stuff like that. Those young Democrat influencers, they're getting paid by Biden and, and that kind of stuff. You know, they, sure. that's what they're and big brands and corporate sponsorships yeah. and stuff. The conservatives are just doing it because they feel like they can gain something from it in that way. Sorry, I don't mean to be rambling or anything like that. No, can, no. Can this is so good. It, it these are really, really great points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. When it comes to journalism, uh, we just we just wrapped up. We had a uh, uh, Laura Logan came into our in person studio yesterday. And we did a full mm-hmm. you know deep dive, and man, you just she's been there, done that, and in every she's category. Great. She and then she put out a tweet to kind of back this up. But she but she asked this question: um, How many? What percentage of of journalists of all people professionally in journalism that write that that, that do things are registered Republicans? Do you know it, that wasn't it like wasn't it like seven percent or something is, like is, that? Is three point four percent? Oh, even less. Are wow, registered less. Republicans, and it, and it was it was seven like like ten years ago, and I think yeah. in the sixties it was close to thirty some percent. It's always been the minority, uh, you know, people in that in that field. But so you look at at, at all all talking yep. points that are pushed out, kind of to Stacy's point. When you're in the the checkout line, of the store, and you're mm-hmm. standing there, and do I, do I buy gum or do I find out what's going on with you know? Kim Kardashian or whatever, 3.4% of the people that are creating those talking points align with conservative principles and, and values or, or, or would kind of, you know, vote the way that, that, that we would, would see an issue. And so it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, that, that there even is a divide in our country. It's, it's, it's interesting that it even is kind of presented as a 50, 50. And I personally don't even think it's a 50, 50. You look at the United States, you look at the County by County, you look at the red and the blue. I don't even think we have a red state. I think we just have some blue city. I don't think we have a blue, there are no blue states, red states. I think we just have some blue cities because uh, the majority you know, of counties, the majority of people do have a rational sense of right and wrong. And if there's a line of people waiting to pay for coffee and somebody cut to the front, you'd be like, Hey, that's messed up. You know, they, mm-hmm. there, there's certain mm-hmm. things you don't need a Bible verse for, or even a constitution for like, you just, 
that's that's just not right. Um, it's kind of, I think, baked in a kind of, it's an app that sort of comes on the phone when you're born, you know, for most people. But the blue cities, you know, have a lot of, of sway, but it's presented on every screen, every magazine, every newspaper, that that's how it is. That it's 50-50. That is 50-50. We're kind of torn, but even that, that, that uh, every sitcom, everything is, is coming from that same agenda. So in spite of this massive propaganda effort, it, it's amazing that it even is as divided as it is. Yeah, I think these yeah, urban there's a map cities. Of the country. I, mean, people, I mean, that's that's yeah. That's look not at a that. Map. It's exactly. It's basically red. You know, but those mm-hmm. urban cities are so densely populated many of the time. And I think there's this this cosmopolitan lifestyle that people get really attracted to when they move to some urban city and the the hustle and bustle. But so much of what happens in urban cities, in my opinion, is is most of the time very vapid in its entirety. I mean, look at the life of a young person. A young person goes to a university, which essentially is just a big playground and daycare where where they don't really learn anything and engage in every single vice imaginable. They get out of school. They have some sort of probably alcohol addiction. They move to some urban city where they answer emails all day in some ugly office building. Mm-hmm. They go to the same urban city bars as everyone else. They have no meaning or purpose in their lives. This is what they do. They watch Netflix. They order their food. They learn no new skills. They have no hobbies. They have no real relationships. They have no meaning or purpose. And so what happens? Well, leftism comes in. Leftism comes in and says, okay, God has been destroyed in the West. People still need some sort of value system, some sort of, of, of meaning in their lives. And so leftism comes in to fill that void with the trans agenda, with the climate change agenda, with things like that. And when you have people in these urban cities that are working for these soulless corporations, where they basically are just trying to find out who's the best at making Excel spreadsheets and then they die. I mean, that's what, how these people live their lives, which is very sad. You know, yep. I'm not trying to admonish them. I'm trying to, it, it, I, I feel for these people. I have sure. great empathy mm-hmm. for them. You know, that's that's the lives they live. Yet when you're outside of the cities and you have more of a, uh, I guess you could say rural lifestyle where you are more self-sufficient and you have more communal family values and, and church is much more prevalent and, and God is more prevalent in these types of places. Well, then you're going to have people who no longer need that sort of leftist meaning inserted into their lives. They don't have to be inoculated with the latest trans agenda, you know, or, or the climate change agenda or Black Lives Matter. They don't need it because they're finding meaning from their lives from the things that actually matter, not from some pseudo thing given to them. Stacey, you feel like he's just patronizing? To, to <laughs> I know, us. no kidding. I mean, we're, we're, you know, rural Missouri here outside <laughs> yeah, Kansas City. He's exactly. Just, he's just playing to the home crowd, yeah, I no think, kidding. you know. He's oh, you guys, like, are, you like, guys you know, yeah, he's like a, a rock star. He's like, hey, thank you, Detroit, you know, whatever, you know. It's like- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, listen, I, I live about 30 minutes outside of the city of Tampa now. So I'm out in kind of the sticks and I made sure I moved to a community where they, they've basically banned all new development. And so my goal right now, it's going to sound crazy to people after they've seen me for all these years. I want to start a farm. I want to start a raw dairy farm is, is my goal. That's to do awesome. I was going to say that there's nobody yeah. running a farm that has hair as good as yours. That's just. <laughs> oh, I it, hope it, not. It, it, That's it, the it, only it, way it. I could sell the milk. You also got to be the marketing we, face. We grew up in Kansas, farm <laughs> exactly. guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we know about mm-hmm. farming. For you, sure. You'd have the best hair of any farmer ever. <laughs> That's, That's for good. Sure. Well, I'm going to get those those highland cows, you know, so we can all match the shaggy hair. Yeah, perfect. The, those ones, little Justin Bieber yeah. bangs hanging perfect. down there. Those, those <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk a little, a little bit about your book uh, before we, we let you go. Let's talk about Do Not Comply and Taking Power Back for America's Corrupt Elite. Right, every set of parents out there should have these, every set of grandparents yes. should have these. And then have better conversations mm-hmm. with these kids that they feel like they, I mean, this is a no brainer. Yeah. We, we all uh, need these books. So talk, talk about it. What are you covering in here and why do you feel it's important right now uh, during this time? 
So when you hear the words do not comply, everyone kind of already thinks about vaccines or lockdown or COVID stuff. And, and definitely you shouldn't comply with any of that, of course. But do not comply is about a lot more than just the COVID hysteria. It's about not becoming a slave. The elites in this country want to turn you into a slave, turn you into a slave to leftism, to consumerism, yeah. to nihilism, to atheism, to all of these different things that turn you into just basically you know, for lack of a better word, into a slug with a mediocre life who doesn't really do anything grand or brave or passionate or special or articulate or amazing with, with the, the life that God gave them. Because that's how they control you. They turn you into this slave. This slave. There are two types of slavery. There's physical slavery and then there's mental slavery. We are in a mental slavery in this country right now because you have people around the world when they've had dictatorships right? Those were all basically through negative reinforcement. The people were scared of what was going to happen to them. Like in 1984, right? The people knew that Big yeah. Big Brother was controlling them versus a book like Brave New World, which is a utopia, quote unquote utopia, that is based on positive reinforcement, which is why it works so well. Because you are taking people's bad inclinations, their, their instinctual, immoral acts, and you are telling them that those are the good things for them to do. So you're giving them positive reinforcement mm -hmm. based off their immorality. What do we have in America today? The people who commit the most evil in this country, who, who try and hurt people the most, are seen as, uh, heralded as the best people in the society, yeah. right? You have positive reinforcement for negative behaviors. And so people fall yeah. in line with that because there's no whip cracking on them. There's no shackles on them. They're not going to a gulag and doing backbreaking labor until they die. They are living in some apartment with air conditioning and, and looking at, at, at at Taylor Swift memes on their phone and ordering DoorDash. And that's supposed to be the glory of life. That, mm -hmm. you know, it's... It, they own nothing, but they're it, happy. Yep. Exactly, you know, and, and that's the way that it's really come down to. And so the purpose of my book of Do Not Comply, of, of what it's about, is breaking people away from this, turning your life into a quest, into an adventure. How do you break free from the chains that these people have put on you? The bureaucrats, the Democrats, the corrupt Republicans, the, the massive corporations, big pharma, big food, the media, all of these different entities that have turned you into someone who no longer knows how to think for yourself, break free from that mental slavery, think for yourself and become the hero in, in the world that, that you were born to be, that God intended you to be. Oh, so good. Boom. Drop, Drop the mic. Oh, that, that's Every, awesome. I mean, if, 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 if you heard that and you don't want to get this book, something's broken. Yeah, you, you I don't can't mind help have you. a pulse or something. I can't help you. That is really good. And again, there, there's there's Thank two you. books. I don't know when you wrote the uh, 21? Is uh, How that to Win Friends it? and Influence Enemies. Is that 2021? Yeah, 2021. They were, they're two years apart. So yeah, 2021. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it's talking points about how to be more effective in your communication. And again, you spent years, you know, sharpening your mind and your arguments, you know, in private and then taking them out into public spaces and probably winning and losing and, and, and coming back and refining those. So we all benefit mm -hmm. from that. I think both of these books are, are an incredible get. They're great gifts uh, for those that you know, love and mm -hmm. care about, especially again, we sending your kids off to college. Uh, first of all, I'd probably encourage you not to, but if you, but if you some yeah. reason cannot talk your, you know, I, I was 50, 50, I had one child I talked out of it. Another one I, I kept offering to, to, to do anything to get her out of it, but she persisted, uh, came out. Okay. But she it, did come out it was great. a full on, yeah. full on you know, process to protect the brain and, uh, uh, you know, maintain maintain that. But these are great things to equip mm -hmm. your kids, grandkids out when you're, when you're sending them out so that they can articulate the ideas that you've brought them up uh, in, and so they actually know what they are. As so. well as each one of us. Like, like we've talked about so many times, just having better conversations. You could use these. 
I could definitely use these. It'd no doubt amazing. about it. I could have a better conversation. Yeah, we could I, be on the same I could level. probably use a reread of it myself. So. <laughs> yeah. You could go back and like, this is really good. Dang, this is yeah, good. I, just, I do. I I'm like, wow. Who wow. wrote this? This is amazing. <laughs> I even look at in the, in the side margins of old books I've read. I go back and look at my own notes. Is my handwriting. I'm like. I don't remember that. If I applied yeah. 10% of what I knew. <laughs> if exactly. I was even as good as what exactly. I know to be. If I never learned another thing, it would be amazing. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. So you could go to bit.ly. Uh, forward slash do not comply to get the book. You can also get it on Amazon as well. Go to Instagram, the Will Wit from there, and there's links to be able to find it. Make sure you're following him on Instagram yep. as well. No matter where, if you're, if you're on Apple right now, Spotify, yep. uh, Rumble, BitChute, I don't care where you are, the notes below mm-hmm. will have all the links to be able to get to Will's work, to be able to follow him on these places. This is a, a really a great gift that's a good drip mm-hmm. into people's lives. Man, this has been everything we hoped it would yes. be, Will. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Public service announcements for all of you that eat and you survive based on food. Now, if you're... Uh, I think that's all of us. Well, there might be someone out there that's like, I don't actually eat. I just live on Skittles. I painted a picture of a butterfly. If you depend on, on a rounded diet uh, based on everything that you need, the minerals, the nutrients, everything involved, you need a good protein source. Nothing sustains the body like high-quality beef. They don't even have to put on the label anymore what's in our foods. But when we go to flyovermeat.com, we know it is clean meat. And the way that you know is because there's no lab-grown meat. They have a shelf life of actually 10-plus years on the meat. No mRNA jabs. Very important because, man, we do not want that in our body. All-American beef, high-quality product, and 100% natural. So eat well today and eat well tomorrow. So go to flyovermeat.com, use promo code FLYOVER for a huge discount. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office. $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending. But we can take care of ourselves. You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets. And now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to 75, if it goes to 100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. You know, when we started the Flyover Conservative podcast in January of 21, we were highlighting the problems we were seeing in the in the world and that we shared with most people that we knew. We didn't see answers being uh, uh really delivered by uh, those in charge. Mm -hmm. Mainstream media just simply showed a death ticker and they were kind of in favor of it. But we were meeting doctors that had 10,000 patients with no deaths and very confident how to treat it. And uh, uh, we're like, why don't they interview these guys? And they were Mm -hmm. deplatforming people that had common sense answers. And then it kind of expanded. You see that in the border. You see it in business. You see it Mm -hmm. in a lot of areas where most people would look at something like, well, why don't they do this? 
but those in charge can't seem to to figure it out. And I I kind of came into the podcast world with this 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 feeling of like, oh wow, somebody was oh, an elected official. Wow. They were the this or they had this title. I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, and in three years, that's been totally, totally smashed. And I think a lot of people uh, watching this, you probably relate. You feel like, oh, if you're disappointed, disappointed. You know, there's mm-hmm. categories. If your daughter brought home somebody, they're dating, and you're like, well, what's he do for a living? Well, he's a politician, and you're like, oh, oh man, could you find a nice biker or or something <laughs> respectable? What are the neighbors, you know, going to think? Because there's just one steady flow of disappointment, one after the other, regardless of the initial by the name. And that's why when somebody comes along and they're doing the right things, yeah. they're standing up. They're in it for the right reasons, not personal gain, but they actually have their head wrapped around this concept of, I work for the people that voted for me. I am their employee. Mm -hmm. I'm not uh, this elite self-ordained ruling class there, and they serve me, and I can be enriched by the process. I actually work for Mm -hmm. these people. We have real problems in our world that I think think there's a unification among regular people. Like, hey, what do we... What are we going to do to fix these real problems? And more than ever, we have to pay attention to something that a lot of us would rather not do. You want to take your kids to school and do your job and help them pass their spelling bee and not worry about this stuff, mm-hmm. but we need to worry about it. This is not a time to leave important things up and unchecked. So and so when we have an opportunity to highlight somebody that's doing the right thing, it's so rare, so refreshing. refreshing. It is. And we want to highlight from, from the 23rd District, St. Charles County in Missouri, uh, no matter where where you are, you want to pay attention to this race, this person, and the things that he is saying. Uh, former captain in the Air Force and entrepreneur checks all the boxes because he's also a doer in real life, and he's taking his skills to serve the people that voted for him. It's Senator Bill Eigel. Yay! Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And by the way. Uh, to, to your point, uh, when I first uh, would meet people and I tell them, hey, I'm a military veteran, they say, yes, that's great. And then I say, now I'm a state senator in public office. They say, oh, what, what I know it's kind of a, kind of a withdrawal <laughs> a little bit. So I'm on, I'm on the downturn now. Man, it's having. so true. Uh, we're, we're, we're honored to have you. We really are. You're doing great things. We, you know, we've talked about before Thomas Renz. We had him on our show last week, and we actually talked about you when he was on the show, and he had just such great things to say. And I think it's important to highlight people that are doing things right. And we want to talk about, you know, the Missouri GOP war that's going on with the Freedom Caucus. T- tell our listeners if they're unaware, what is the Freedom Caucus and what's the war that's going on currently? Yeah, so the Missouri Freedom Caucus was formed to do uh, Republican things that are in the GOP platform and to do the big red uh, policy ideas and get them passed that we talk about in campaign season, but never seem to get done. Uh, And there's a real problem in the Republican elected base in Jefferson City because you have folks elected to leadership. You see Caleb Rowden there. He's the pro tem in the Missouri Senate. And you can see, according to his voting record, he only actually votes as a Republican uh, about two thirds of the time. Keep in mind that even Democrats vote Republican, you know, 20, 30 percent of the time. So when you have folks that are so centrist and so left leaning that a lot of the big things that we want to get done, cutting taxes, getting the budget under control, uh, doing the, the the big that, you know, the, the things that are leading this country, they, they never seem to occur. And, and, I, and I've been traveling uh Missouri for the past 16 months now, visiting with tens of thousands of folks that are as frustrated uh, as I am, as you are, that these big red things never get done in Missouri. And we're always turning our TVs on and hearing about other big red states doing that. You know, we're hearing about Florida and we're hearing about Texas, we're hearing about Tennessee. Well, those states are great, but we actually send more Republicans 
uh, down to Jefferson City than any of those states. So the Freedom Caucus was designed to really make uh, the status quo and our leadership team uncomfortable by being bold about pushing these ideas. And uh, they've, we've made them so uncomfortable and so uh, angry that they, they're stripping us of our chairmanships. They're taking away our parking spaces. <laughs> they're threatening to take the furniture out of our offices. Yeah. Uh, and that, this is an attempt to silence us. It's just not going to work. Well, and I liked it that you pushed back the things that people like about President Trump um, yeah. and that and that that has endeared him to people across mm-hmm. the board, people that have never even voted Republican. Some of them have never even voted, but they're like, oh, I would have done that. Right. I would have said that. Mm-hmm. You you took a picture. I think I think our producer had it on the, the, the screen there a second ago. They come out at you with these childish things that you would see in like a like a high school I don't know, Mean Girls yeah. episode or something like that. Of, and, and like, and so you come back with a picture of your chair and you're like, hey, I don't know, I'm going to paraphrase here, but hey, suck up, it's right here, come take it. Come you're like, take like, it. I didn't come here for this chair. There's 57,988 people in St. Charles County and District 23 that voted for you and you're there working for them. And you're like, I'm here to focus on on what they want, not your chair, not your parking spot. I think that response, your stock, your stock for me went like this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, uh, you bring up Donald Trump and that's a really good example. You know, what's happening to Donald Trump at the national level is the left and the media are trying to silence him. They're trying to kick him off the ballot. They're trying to charge him with crimes uh, that are completely false charges. Well, our leadership here in Missouri, our Republican leadership, they're doing that to us. They're trying to silence our voices. They're trying to get us expelled from the chamber. So we're going to continue to fight back on that. We're not going to be silenced. They're not going to bow us uh, and we're going to be bold about it. So uh, they, you know, it's uh, they can come take our, our furniture, but yeah. they uh, they can't take our mindset for liberty. I yes. love it. Let's you can take the- my life, but you never take my freedom. Exactly. You know, on a smaller freedom. on a smaller scale. Yeah. You know, people relate to that Braveheart quote. They do. They do. Your favorite movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's the greatest love story of all time. Yeah. And every leadership principle you need it. <laughs> you only need to watch Braveheart. It's like there's only one movie. It's got something for the whole family. There you go. Uh, it's there you it's go. amazing. Let's talk about because we've we've uh, shared this quite a few times on this platform about Bill HB eleven sixty nine, which was the informed choice bill that didn't go through, which was basically just tell us what you are putting in our food. We're not saying you can't do it. Just tell us what you are putting in our food. And in Missouri, you would think that would have gone through with no problem, but it didn't. Yeah. Now it looks like it's back in, but you know, as far as you can vote again, but, but what was the deal with that? Yeah. So great bill 1169 filed by representative Holly Jones over in the house of representatives last year. Uh, I've actually offered to be the sponsor over in the Senate side this year. Uh, th- this was going to be a bill that says, Hey, if you're putting genetic uh, DNA altering material in our food supply, let us know and, and put it on the package and we'll decide we're not even telling you, you can't put it in there. We're just, we'll just, we're just want to decide for ourselves. Let us know that it's in there and we'll make the decision. Uh, and that couldn't make it through because there were a bunch of powerful special interests, the Missouri cattle ranchers association, the Missouri soybean association, uh, the farm bureau, all were pushing back because they were afraid that it was going to slow down the sales from big ag, uh, trying to push this DNA modified food onto the population. So it yeah. died in committee, didn't get anywhere. And you would think, you know, a Republican party that stands for freedom and liberty, uh, should be more interested in protecting, uh, the choice, the individual choice of citizens of this state. So we're going to go out again, but you know, we have an uphill climb here because the status quo, you know, I often say that the biggest thing that we have to fight is actually not even necessarily in Missouri, Republican versus Democrat, because there are so few Democrats left in Jefferson City. It's a status quo that rewards Republicans or those in the majority in Jefferson City for 
looking out for big special interests like the big agricultural groups uh, that are not about protecting individual Missouri farmers. They're right. protecting big corporate interests. So we're going to continue to push back on that as well and try to get that through the system. But uh, we need a reckoning here in Jefferson City. That's really been my message for the past two years. You know, and, and that's what I think frustrates people, because mm-hmm. when you have a state and I think this is why, you know, this is a, a, a national platform here with our podcast. And I don't care if you're in Oregon or California or New York, wherever it, it, it is relevant, mm-hmm. because if a state like Missouri cannot come together to move forward the interests of the people of Missouri um, on something as simple as that, I bring up that bill, and I'm glad Stacey mentioned it because it's it's as common sense as anybody could possibly get. I use the example a lot when we reference it. If you're at a restaurant and and you ask the waiter, please tell me if the chef is spitting in my food. I'm not yeah. saying he, he needs to stop spitting in my food, just but just let me know. do me a solid and just tell me. Uh, yeah. Our elected officials, when we have a solid majority from top to I mean, from governor to dog catcher, we have all Republicans mm-hmm. in, in in Jeff City for the I mean, primarily. Um, we can't pass something like that. So when you talk about bigger issues, things that even affect us, you know, uh, directly when you're talking about, you know, immigration and the schools and and the kind of books in our kids' mm-hmm. libraries, when you talk about these things, if we can't do it on something as simple as, as at least put on the label, if, if, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're messing with the meat, like at least tell us, mm-hmm. at, least, at least treat us like, like we deserve to know if we can't agree on that, we're in trouble on bigger topics. Mm-hmm. And and that's why we need someone like your, yourself in there because you call these out. I want to highlight one thing real quick on this. Politicians are very good at the chicken dinners and Republicans specifically. They know the talking points. We're, I'm, well, I'm pro-life and I'm this. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somewhat you listen to any of them. I mean, we could, we just go on, you know, with, with Langsford and all kinds of people in different States that are, that are, that are not operating in people's best interest, but, they're good at at coming to the church and doing the, the talking point, but but then their actual job is kind of done in private. You guys have a YouTube channel that I've encouraged people in the state of Missouri to take a look at um, where you come out and you do press conferences. You had one the other day. Caleb Rowden came out and talked and he's got there's there's boards and things mm-hmm. behind him and charge size. Then the Freedom Caucus comes out and each one of you come out and you're very clear about what's happening behind closed doors. But here's the deal. There's like a thousand views on this. There's like 300 views on some of these. People don't know what you guys are doing for your job. No other employees in this world operate in autonomy from their bosses. And when it comes to politics, I'm the boss. Stacy's the boss. You know, mm-hmm. who the people that voted for you are the boss. And yeah. I, I don't know how to fix that necessarily, but we need a, a way to see what's happened behind closed doors. And at least you guys are taking the risk of coming forward and you're, you're explaining in very clear detail. This is what's happening behind closed doors. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you want people to see the report card. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, uh, there, the good news here is that because of all the frustration uh, that's out there, not just at the state level, but at the national level, we see, we are seeing more people getting engaged in the political conversation than ever before. And people get engaged in the political conversation because of what they perceive as wrong with it. So we have a real opportunity here right now in this difficult environment to reach more folks who are getting engaged and really are trying to find out what's going on uh, and have these resources available for them so that they can be educated about what's really going on down in Jefferson City. You know what? Let me let me stop here real quick. And what I always because I think 
when folks first get in, involved in that conversation, uh, they don't know where to go. They don't know how to research it. And they don't even know, you know who else is fighting right now. So the mm-hmm. first thing is, I, as I've been traveling the state, that I always want to make sure to anybody out there that is uh, frustrated about the way your state or your country is going right now and all the things that are going on, the first thing I want you to hear from me right now is that you're not alone. All right. It, that is very important to get that out there. There are millions of Missourians uh, here in the show me state. There are tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of Americans that are as angry and as frustrated as you. 2024 is going to be a year where they show up like they've never shown up before to take to deliver a shock to what we informally call the swamp that the swamp can't even imagine right now. The swamp is desperate to tell us that it can't be changed. It can't it's, it can't be fought against and that we're better, better off sitting down and be being quiet instead of being bold and loud like the Freedom Caucus is mm-hmm. in Missouri and in other states, by the way. Uh, and And you don't have to be afraid of that. Because you're going to hear that. You're going to hear that from the media. You're going to hear that from the left. You're going to hear that from the soft left-leaning Republicans that are telling you, you need to be afraid. You can't change the system. None of that is true. Don't be afraid. You know, one of my favorite passages in the Bible is Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Have I not commanded thee? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you shall go. And, and I think that that message that you're not alone and you don't have to be afraid of all of these bad actors in our state and our national capital who are telling us that we can't get to that better version of America or Missouri, that we can't close the border, that we can't lower the tax burden, that we can't protect our children or our families, that we just have to accept all these bad things. None of that is true. And if the, the only weapon that the swamp has against us, guys, is is their desperate hope that we're going to buy into this idea that we have to be afraid and we can't be bold. Well, I'm here to tell you, the folks I'm meeting in Missouri, they're not going for that whatsoever. In 2024 is a year, I think, that is going to be a, a marker in this country at the national and hopefully in a lot of the state level politics we're seeing around the country. Man, that's very encouraging. Man. That is very and you're encouraging. You're seeing man, El Salvador, you see their, their election yep. results? Last night, Argentina, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mila even went into, you know, the, the World Economic Forum and, 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 and spoke truth. Mm-hmm. It, this isn't an election year in, a, in just in America. This is a global, yep. I think, going to be a global referendum on on these uh, self-proclaimed ruling ruling class. It's There's yeah. like 40, I don't know how many nations, over 40 nations are having elections this year. Mm-hmm. And so there is a turmoil, a grinding below the surface. Um, yeah. That is going to change mm-hmm. things everywhere. And I think there's going to be those in power that are going to try to stop that. But the voices right. of the people are uniting. They're realizing like, it's not man, woman and black, white. Yes. It's, it, it's, it's basically these, these uh, elected officials that empower the unelected officials mm-hmm. uh, that are making all of our lives miserable. And, and there is a upheaval globally because mm-hmm. of that. And I think you're the face of it here in Missouri and, and more people are going to hear your name and, and, and rally behind that. Cause we all want that same thing. Yeah. I, I have, uh, I have been traveling. I think, I think I've put 50,000 miles on my truck just in the past uh, 12 months uh, driving all over the state. And I, you know, I take comfort in the fact uh, everyone should take comfort and strength in the fact that you are not alone. And, and I can't, I just, I cannot stress that enough. You're not mm-hmm. alone. And by the way, one of the things I always love, I hear this every election cycle, right? 2020, 2022, 2016. You always hear politicians talk about how this is the most important election ever, right? We hear that all the time. Yep. This is the most important election. And no matter what happens in this one, guess what? The next election, that's going to be the most important too. <laughs> and, and I hear that from a lot of politicians. And what I, I always chuckle when I hear that because 
there's there's an element of truth to that. But most politicians that are saying it don't understand it. The reason that every election successively is the most important election is because with every two years that goes by, government gets bigger. Government gets further into your life, takes more of your liberties, takes more of, of yeah. your treasure, uh, makes more of decisions for you uh, and, and, and on and on. And so every election is an opportunity to push back on that. So uh, this is going to be the most important election. But this is also an election where we have more patriots that are finding their voice yeah. maybe ever in the, in the mm-hmm. American history. And I think that's a fantastic thing. I'm not afraid because I know God's got a plan for everything. No doubt about it. You know, it was it was pretty exciting over the weekend to see 14 governors that joined um, Governor Abbott in Eagle Pass on the border. Uh, what do you see for that in the future? You know, obviously, it's a major issue right now. It's a hot button for many Americans. What's your thought on that? So I, I think that any public support that can be lent to uh, what's going on down in Texas and the other border states uh, is a good thing. I'm happy to see governors go down there. My governor, Mike Parson, went down there. And I I would say that I wish uh, that Mike Parson would uh, not only show up for the photo op down there, I wish he would support some of the legislation that we have uh, here in the state of Missouri that I've filed that I would actually try to address this problem. I've actually filed legislation uh, that would make it a state level crime to be in the state illegally and empower our law enforcement and our National Guard uh, to deport individuals who are here illegally and punish them if they come into the state. It would also, uh, you know, what we can do, what every governor can do, what I'm going to do on my first day as being governor of the state is we're going to triple the highway patrol presence uh, leading into and out of on the highways leading into and out of our two urban areas, Kansas City and St. Louis. And we're going to actually start arresting people, not just folks that are here illegally, but folks that are part of the fentanyl trade, folks that are folks that are part of the human trafficking Mm -hmm. trade that are using our urban areas as gateways to the rest of the state and gateways to crime. Uh, we've had, unfortunately, here in Missouri, uh, you know, Mike Parson has been very soft on Kansas City and St. Louis. And we've seen those two areas continue to decline uh, and continue mm-hmm. to lead the nation in all the wrong metrics, uh, violent crime, uh, pr- uh, criminals not being prosecuted or put into jail. We've got to put a stop to that. And there is no way that we should be allowing in a red state like Missouri, these uh, these urban liberals that are in charge of St. Louis City and and Kansas City to get away with this. So, you know, Joe Biden, you know, I like that, you know, when we had Donald Trump as president, uh, we had a safe and secure board. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden has come. He has flung the border open. and We're seeing the deadly consequences of that every single day. Uh, coincidentally, that's why I've endorsed Joe or Donald J. Trump uh, for president of the United States, uh, because I think he's going to close the border and we're going to start restoring our state and national sovereignty uh, as it relates to our border policy. Well, and the answer seems to be uh, from those in charge in every major city. Hey, they all recognize there's a problem, mm-hmm. uh, but the answer is different. Uh, the the left and many Republicans, their only answer is we just need more money. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way if, if if you know if you knew somebody had a gambling problem and some bookie was going to come break his fingers, he'd be like, I wouldn't have this problem if my parents gave me some more money, then I could pay this debt. Like that's right. not the solution to somebody the with the gambling gam- is the problem. The gambling is a problem, not right. the lack of money from his parents, you know, and yes. that, that, that idea, we got to mm-hmm. solve the problem and we can solve it for free because, you know, uh, three years ago it was solved mm-hmm. and, and it, it doesn't cost anything. There were 75 executive orders undoing Trump's policies mm-hmm. that made this problem. So what they're looking at, it appears to me, to, tell me if I'm oversimplifying this, but they're not wanting to stop the flow. They're just simply wanting to help increase funding for Ukraine and increase funding to make it more a comfortable landing spot for uh, immigrants coming across the border. 
regardless of nation of origin. Is that, am I oversimplifying this? No, you're not oversimplifying it at all. Uh, and let me, th- you guys have a national audience. So I'll say this, whether you're in Missouri or you're anywhere in these United States, uh, none of the problems we face as a nation or a state have anything to do with government not getting enough of your cash. Nothing, nothing. There's nothing going on in our country that is a result of you and I not sending more of our money, uh, enough of our money to our state, our local or our national capitals. That, 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 the, the idea that more money in government leads to better outcomes is something that I think most every person instinctually understands. And yet we have politicians at every level saying that somehow, miraculously, uh, more money, whether it's border policy, whether it's Ukraine policy, that it's going to suddenly lead to better world and national outcomes. None of that's true. The rea- and, and none of that, uh, that idea is, is, is exactly not what our country was founded on. Uh, our country was founded on the idea of the strength of the American family, the individual liberty, uh, could build strong communities and demand efficient government, not the other way around. So uh, our border policy, which is now undermining the, the underpinnings of our, our society, are allowing such chaos at the border and criminal activity within our states that we actually have Joe Biden right now, who is actually using our own tax dollars against us by having federal agents and federal uh, authorities assist in the traffic coming over the border. So we are being betrayed. I mean, I've made this case before. If anybody ought to be thrown off the ballot uh, for betraying uh, the republic, it ought to be Joe Biden and yes. not Donald Trump. So uh, we've got uh, a lot of reason for folks to be very frustrated, very angry. And that's why the trust level, and you guys mentioned this at the beginning of the show, the trust level between elected officials and those they represent has never been lower. I mean, who can blame them after all, after what's happened in the COVID environment, the 2020 election, uh, the Bidenomics that have taken uh, place, the sequence of foreign policy disasters pushed on us by Joe Biden and left. Who can blame the people for being frustrated and even more hesitant about government? So you know what the solution? The solution is not to increase money going to government. The solution is to make the government smaller, take away yes. some of the power that we've given to government and restore us to the Republican, uh, the Republic that uh, was the foundation of why we became a world power in the first place. Amen. So Flyover well, family, go to BillEigel.com. It's E-I-G-E-L.com. Bill is running for governor of Missouri. It's exciting. Um, so you can kind of follow from there. You can donate on this page as yes. well. Um, what would you like to highlight before we let you go, Bill? And, and, and to follow him on, on X as well. Yeah. Uh, well, that would be a for sure move. What would be your big highlight that you want to make sure people catch when they come to your page? Uh, I, I want them to know and this is I've been hitting this message over and over. I said it earlier. If you're frustrated, if you're angry about the status quo that's holding back our state capital, our national capital, you are not alone. There's millions of people in this state just like you. You don't have to be afraid. We're going to start implementing all the big red policy ideas. And by the way, the Missouri I'm thinking of one day, the, the other big red state governors like Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott, they're going to wake up one day and turn their TVs on and they're going to see Missouri leading these United States. They're going to say, how can we be more like the show me state? That's the future I'm talking about. I love well, it. I'm, I am all for that. Yep. Um, we've, we've asked literally every person and every level at, that has any connection with Missouri politics. And, and I'll just say, you are the real deal. I trust mm-hmm. you by who I trust that likes you. I also trust you by who doesn't like you mm-hmm. and who has given you resistance. And that sometimes means more than the ones that are that are for you. And uh, I'd say we're, we're praying for you. We're praying for the state of Missouri. We're praying for our, our world because mm-hmm. we need answers. And uh, 
you've done those things in private. I know you're taking them into your, your public service as well. So I thank you for that. Flyover family, this is a great place. You want to donate five bucks, something, anything to kind of help because you it, it's important to align uh, your actions with your words. So they actually have meaning that helps your fear dissipate. He quoted Joshua chapter one. We're commanded to be mm-hmm. uh, brave. Courageous. We're commanded to be courageous. It's not a suggestion. We're commanded to be brave and courageous. And when you back up your, your uh, words, with an action, it means something. Mm-hmm. So forward this episode to somebody you know that's in the state of Missouri. Forward uh, his links. Fo- follow him on Twitter. Give support. Comment in the sections down below when when he when he posts something on YouTube. When he posts something on on X, because this is one of the good guys that we can really get behind. It'll make a difference. Uh, Senator Eigel, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for uh, all that you're doing. It's not unnoticed. <laughs> All right, Flyover family. My name is Avery Whited. I'm the daughter of David and Stacy. I'm just moving in, so I had to get an order for my pillow and get the things that I needed. So let's look inside. I got some my pillow uh, towels, kitchen towels. I got some of their Giza sheets. Now I've never actually been able to use them, but I've heard amazing things from my parents about them. And last but not least, something for Charlie. Hey, dog bed. All right, Charlie, let's go put this in the dryer and flip it up for you. Come on, buddy. Nice and warm and fluffy. Perfect for my little guy. Come here, Charlie. All right, if you want to get your own products, go to mypillow.com and use promo code FLYOVER to save up to 66% off. Do your feet ache and throb in pain with every step you take every day of your life? Kiss those days goodbye with slippers from MyPillow.com. How about that flimsy, flat little excuse for a pillow that's nothing but eight hours of disappointment? Causing you pain in your neck every single night. You can wake up with nothing but butterflies and rainbows around your head with a MyPillow pillow. Those hard wood floors hurting your old bones. No more with a MyPillow dog bed. Are your towels worn thin, flimsy, more patchy than Joe Biden's memory? There's nothing better than absorbent towels from MyPillow.com. For all of these products and more, go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code FLYOVER for up to 66% off. All right, guys. One of our goals with Flyover Conservative Podcast is is it, it doesn't happen in a day, but a cumulative. Even when we're talking about sex trafficking or border, like the, the, the darkest things, it's like there's there's an element of hope. And we we firmly believe, we say it on every show, we analyze culture, current events, the lens of, of conservative Christian values, which means God's word, which means God is real. And he plays a role. He's not yep. just... Oh, uh, a good luck charm or a fortune cookie that, that 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 God's real. That we were created by God, and each and he's all powerful. He's all powerful. When he looks up, he sees nothing. And each of us were created with a purpose, and um, we're an important part of the puzzle. We're not a non-playable character in a video game. Every person uh, is designed to interact with and know God uh, in this life, and that's an important role. And that His Word actually has power in it mm-hmm. and 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 when you every time you pray something happens like chopping down a tree every chop of the axe 
something happens. So, so, so when you put those things together, our goal with this show is, is, is over the course of a year, you look back and it's like, you know what? I am, am actually empowered in my own, own life. And, mm-hmm. and these news stories are real, but they're not the highest truth. And so, Amen. so it's kind of, we like to kind of highlight stories that kind of summarize all of that in one pop of prayer, God's word, God's authority, and his desire to play a role in my life, Stacy's life, your life, every single one of us on a daily basis. It's not a matter of what you've done wrong. It's a matter of, 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 of God wanting to be in relationship with you. And so those things fall away. Mm-hmm. Those things don't define you. Those things are an invitation to know him. And so I'm excited to jump into this story because miracles aren't just in Bible times. Miracles happen right now. Today. And, and today, on a regular basis, they're happening all around us and they deserve as much attention as Joe Biden. And (laughs) for sure. And uh, uh, with that, I want to bring on somebody that's become a friend of ours because we're both mutual lovers of meat, uh, but also mutual lovers of the same God. That's Mr. Kyle Shirley. Yay! Welcome, Kyle. How are y'all? Great, great. So Flyover Family, you know, we work with Ozark Wagyu. We absolutely love them. Amazing, amazing beef. It's Unlike any other beef we've ever had, we are carnivores. We absolutely love meat. And that's actually how we met Kyle. Jordan Peterson, Michaela Peterson, all them are clients of of his as far as using, eating his meat. Yep. So OzarkWagyu.com. Now, in a conversation, though, um, after recording one day, we actually found out Kyle has this unbelievable miracle that he was sharing with us. And we were like, you have got to share this with the Flyover family. But not just that. We're going to be talking about the, in this uh, episode the authority that we walk in, that when Jesus died 2,000 years ago, and he came back and he gave us the keys, yep. and he said, you are going to do greater things than I did. We're going to talk about that today. And so, Kyle, I just want you to jump in, share with our Flyover family the miracle that you experienced, and then let's walk through how that actually happened. Well, it would take probably two or three podcasts to tell the whole story. So let's just try to keep it, keep it brief. Uh, um, basically what happened was um, I was in a hospital room with my son by myself and uh, he developed a major artery bleed in his lungs. He, he literally his just lungs were just completely filled up with blood and he died almost instantly. It was, it wasn't, so you can imagine the sight. I mean, it was, it was, I was there alone with him, which is not oh very gosh. often. My wife is, my wife is kind of her thing. So, I mean, God even had everything worked out. I mean, there was a whole battle coming that was staging to come to happen that night. And he was part of everything. And, uh, and of course, when it happened, and of course, and it was, anyway, I don't want to talk about that, but, uh, but it was instant. I mean, within seconds, you know, when the major uh, lung bleed happened, uh, he, his eyes rolled back in the back of his head and he died almost instantly. And of course, the cold blue lights and everything went out, you know, went off and everything. And the staff started coming in. And of course, they, they you know, put me outside the door. Um, the um, of course, I just went into action, you know, or I would call it, <laughs> call it the five step battle plan. I just went into action like I knew to do. I took authority over my emotions. I commanded to live in Jesus's name. And and, uh, and I just started praising God. And um thing to understand about CPR, CPR is usually 10, 20 minutes tops. Cause even by then at 20 minutes, even if they bring someone back to life again, they're, they're vegetable, they're brain dead. And, um, and considering Russell's case, I mean, he's sitting here with his lungs full of blood. So you're, you're talking about trying to do CPR on someone that their lungs are completely full of blood. And, um, 
but I just, uh, you know, I went out to out there and I just, you know, took authority over death and started just praising God. And uh, the staff, the staff were coming out. They were trying to get me to sit down. They thought I'd lost my mind. I mean, they couldn't reason in a mind why this man whose son is in the natural is dead. And I'm out there singing and praising and just praising God, you know, and I just wanted to leave me alone. I was fine. I was just focused on, on the battle. And, um, you know, you know, I wrote a book from this, but uh, it's, it's what I call I mean, you had to take control of your emotions. And that's what I was do. I would just start off with the mechanical act of praise and worship to, you know, subvert fear and worry, which mm-hmm. is. The devil would defeat you every time with that. And I knew that if I ever did that, I would lose control. But, uh, man, something came over me. Um, you know, you, t- you hear about it in the, in the in, see it in the Bible. Where it talks about the joy of the Lord is your strength and and um, the joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it sounds all good in paper when you're reading. Oh, so much joy. But for that night, the, the true joy of the Lord, Lord had came upon me, and I cannot describe it. I mean, it was so overwhelming. I mean, here my son is dead, and I'm out there so full of joy. I have never felt in my life. You know, win the 2000 lottery, not, not, wouldn't even come close to the joy that came <laughs> upon me through the praise and worship part. It was just, it was nothing like I'd ever experienced before. And, um, and that's pretty much it. When that joy came upon me, that's when I pretty much knew the battle was over and my, my son would live. I didn't care what I saw in the natural, I put God's word first place. And God's word promises me that this was not going to happen. I can't. I can get off in the book. I can get off the story. I'm trying to stay, trying to stay focused. Wait, and you, really, you reference book. You know, I want to tell people if you're listening to this, also just to, to document. Now, now Kyle's a rancher, businessman. You know those things. Uh, Part time guitar playing enthusiast uh, as well. But uh, he he documented this whole process and wrote it down in a book. And so in the links below is the PDF. He did it more for posterity for his children, grandchildren, it is like document this, this miracle that you're about to hear continue to unfold, but it's, it's, it's in a PDF form. You can just download it. It's in the notes below as well as, um, he did his own audio reading and one cut straight through it's recorded on YouTube and a part one and part two, uh, which is just audio version of it. If you want to listen to it and, and build up your own faith mm-hmm. over a couple of drives to work, you can knock that out as well, or you can just read it, uh, down below. It's like 80 pages. It, it's kind of a short, basically documentation of, of what God did here. And I want to ask one more thing as people are picturing this story, they picture son, you know, they're like, was he five? Is he 10? Is he 40? Like uh, how old was Russell in this, when this happened? 33, believe it or okay. not. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I think the same age Jesus was. Yeah. Oh wow! I think that's important for people to picture because one thing you know, like I have, I have a son that has you know young children. You kind of start to picture this, but you, you, they never stop being your your kid, right? You know, and so right. uh, you know, you're like this this role of a father. I think was really important, you know, in this process and the authority that you took. So I want to let people know as you hear this, this whole story is available in a PDF and you can read it in full detail. I, I want to say this, Russell. I don't want to get you. I mean, I, uh, Kyle, I don't want to get you off, but. Um, you said, because this would not be most people's typical reaction, they see what happened with your, your son, and it is extreme, uh, what happened with him and what you were actually seeing in the natural. But more then, graphic than he described. More graphic than you described. Sure. But you, when you walked out of that room, you said that you went into a five-step battle plan. That would not be a typical response by most people. Most people would be freaking out, crying, begging. That's negotiating. Not, negotiating. That is not what you did. And so I, I want to take people to 
this five-step battle plan and how did this come about? How did you even know how to do it? And and it, it looked like it contained worship, decrees, uh, and and partnering with God. Is that right? Yes, pretty much. Um, the 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 book itself, you know, doesn't go into a whole lot of detail about the miracle itself. Um, the book is about what I learned from it. Um, not just there, but, you know, going back from 30 years ago, feeding on, on God's word. And, you know, we listed so many people like Kenneth Hagin and uh, Andrew Walmack, Charles Cat, and the list is on and on. And so this book wasn't really started off as about this miracle. It started off about, you know, uh, writing a book for my kids and grandkids forever and grand and on that it would be there forever. You know, if I could have my kids to listen to me for three hours and take everything it took me 30 years to learn, if I could convince everything that I learned in God's word and put it into short form. So it's like, whether you have a family member or you have someone, especially in a crisis, you know, you, you can just say, or they ask you a question about anything about a miracles. Cause really all the world thinks of miracle, miracle, simple miracle is nothing but God's word and his promises coming to natural and coming into the natural realm and in through our faith. It's not, it doesn't matter if it's a, if you're, you know, if it's a common cold or being someone raised from the dead, it doesn't take an ounce of faith for this and a pound of faith for this. We all have the same measure of faith, but anyway, I'll get off into the book. So what so, the so, book so there you are, they is, think, they think you're probably in denial or uh, you, you stripped a gear and uh, you're outside <laughs> the room and, and uh, engaged in your, your five-step battle plan. The um, again, if we get off in too much of that, it would it would take too too much time. But the five still, you know, five step battle plan is is nothing more than than having five major parts. I mean, the, the book is free. I'm not charging for it. This is all for the glory of God. That night, as I was out there praising, you know, worship that process, I prophesied the devil would regret the day he ever put his hand on my child. And the, and this is that me. I'm sorry. That's no, it's powerful. Like five times. It's just joy. It's just joy. But um, so, you know, the five step battle plan is just, you know, it's, it's just something to learn. And it's not just a battle plan. That's what it's called. I mean, it's in the book and it's simple, but it's uh, it, it's not just for, for emergencies. It's how we receive everything from God. It doesn't matter how small or how huge uh, something that we need from God. It's the same thing. Faith is simple. Man has made it complicated. Wow. Okay. So you're out there, you're battling. People can find this five-step battle plan in the book, The Meaning of Life, absolutely free. You can just download it or you can listen to it being read for free on YouTube. Um, but what happened from there? You're out there that they think you maybe have a nervous breakdown or something, but what was the next, what, what was the next thing that happened? Here's what's amazing. This is so amazing. Again, my, my wife is always in, involved. You know, I'm like the secondary person, you know, what's that old saying from back in the nineties, not the mama, not the mama, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but she had no idea any of this was going on. They had, you know, she'd been there the whole time and she left for about an hour, hour and a half for some food and, and it's, anyway. And, um, but at the time, and you know, this is you know, like 43 minutes from the time he died, the very, the very moment he came, they came out to tell me, she come walking through the ICU door in the same spot we were the very instant. He kept her out of that room because, sorry, but it's just so amazing how he worked everything out, you know, uh, and he, my wife never had to go through that aspect of it, you know, 
and it was just me and me, God, and the devil out there in the hallway. Hallway, and we were just duking it out, as they say, you know. But the 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 you know the the five step battle plan, or you know, um, but basically what we cover in the book, we're, it's really more about the meaning of life. It's not just about miracles, you know, or just about this. It's about the meaning of your life and how to fulfill your meaning of your life. In order to fulfill the meaning of your life that God has planned for you and how to achieve that, you first got to protect the life that God gave you. The Satan came, kill, steal, and destroy. So the book is based on like the five-step battle plan. Um, there's what I call the five simple truths. It's basically taking everything that I've learned and, and based on our conversation, the same stuff y'all learned, and I just put it in a very condensed form under five spiritual truths. And so, you know, the God and the Bible can be so complicated, you know, but when you take when you get it back to simplicity, this really boils down to five simple truths. And if you can, if you just learn these five simple truths, you don't have to spend 30 years feeding on God's word and, and trial and error. You still have to practice it and you'll have, you know, everyone knows that. But it at least gives the, the, the important things yeah. in the Bible of who we are as newborn again believers as New Testament and how to do it. And then we cover all the things that would destroy what Satan would use to destroy your five simple truths. And then at the end, it goes, puts everything back together and how to apply all these areas and then go back to the meaning of your life and how to fulfill God's meaning for your life. You know, you've walked people to the ledge wow. here. We've got to find out. Did he make it? Like what? what oh, absolutely. What, what happened? To you? Like, yeah. like we, 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 we got to get to the, the punchline of this story because we're kind of left in this drama of you in the hallway. What happened after the hallway? Because you're not still there. And what happened with your son? <laughs> Again, they walked out at the same time. You know, I say a CPR thing is only about 10, 20 minutes, 20 minutes max. And that's with someone without filled up lungs, without, you know, blood filled lungs. And, uh, but uh, he came back, you know, in, in the beginning, they had gotten a couple of, uh, from shocks or whatever, they had gotten a couple of, uh, like, uh, you know, from his heart, you know, uh, but, you know, just just like a flicker. And so it kept him going normally than they normally would have. Um, I don't know exactly when they actually stopped. Um, I just know it was, you know, it was 43 minutes later when they came out and said he he just came back to life. He's alive. And that was a very moment. 43 minutes. And the same time that they came out minutes. to tell you that your son was alive, your wife walks into the hospital the same time that they walked out to tell you that your son was alive? I mean, the very nanosecond. It was like this. <laughs> they came together. Wow. <laughs> it's God not awesome. That is so amazing. I don't even know how that would catch up because first of all, there's the shift of emotion for you and you're contending for the life of your son to find out he's back. And then I can't imagine, oh yeah, by the way, your son has been dead for 43 minutes and I got to catch you up on that. And like, you had to been ready to just, I don't know if you'd want to like, you probably felt like you're going to pop. I'll tell you what, there was a half kind of through the halfway point. I got to a place. Um, and as it was kind of, it's like I had just totally was exhausted mentally, physically and everything. And I kind of, kind of collapsed against the wall to keep from falling. Not from, not from, you know, giving up or, or no, literally just physically, mentally, I was just, I was exhausted. Well, you were battling. And I kind of, and I, I guess you're right. And I kind of fell up against the wall and I just, I just said, Lord help. And it was like you, uh, it's like you plugged me into an electrical socket. That joy, you know, that Lord that was already there, it was in my spirit. It's like the same thing happened to my body. And I bounced off that wall like the, the Energizer bunny. And, um, 
and we, you know, I never stopped, you know, the, the worshiping and praising and, and declaring and decreeing and taking authority over death. I never stopped any of that. I just, but I was just physically wore out. But now, not only did he, you know, through the joy of the Lord, he actually did it to my physical body. I mean, I was, man, I could have read a marathon in a half a second letter. I couldn't always stand up. And, and like I said that, you know, as far as my wife coming through the door, um, you know, my wife's strong in faith too. It's not that, but, um, but I'm not sure what the outcome would have been if, if, if we got distracted, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was just a, it was just a one-on-one, one, one-on-one type battle. And it was, um, and God had it all, you know, he had it all planned out, not the death or whatever, but he knew, he knew where it was going. But see, that's what we're talking about. There's there's graveyards full of people that have died before their, their their time because they fell for the what I call the talks about in the book is if be God's will trap that's out of the pit mm-hmm. of hell yeah. that destroys and you know so many lives and thinking it's God's will for them to die. And I give some anyway. I get off. It's true because book. it's interesting. You know, everyone that pre that Jesus prayed for was healed, and there were so many funerals that were messed up because he brought him back from the dead. <laughs> You know, and so and so we know where Jesus and where God stands in all of this, and uh, and so understanding the authority that we walk in. I love I love Kyle that you've taken thirty years of your studying that you've done. You know, with um, Andrew Womack and um, and Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagen and all of these people, all of the Charles studying, Capps. Charles Katz, all of the studying that you've done for thirty years, and you put it in an eighty-page book for us to be able to, to digest to read. And I think for such a time as this, I think it is for this time. And then for you then to freely give it just for the world to have, and not just where they can read it, you actually read it yourself as well. So, you know, if somebody's like, Hey, I don't really like to read. You actually have taken that excuse away and you have an audio of it. So if you're getting ready in the morning or you're driving your car, or you're falling asleep at night, they can just actually go to your your YouTube, Kyle Shirley on YouTube, and we have the link below, just so everybody knows, the link is below. You click on that, there's a part one, a part two of it. And then also we have a link as well for the book. So the meaning of life, you can print this, you can have it, read through it and understand the authority yeah. that we walk in, that when Jesus died 2,000 years ago, he came back, gave us those keys and said, you are going to do greater things than I did. And uh, And so he's not a liar. Uh, he is one that prophesied that over us. And obviously, Kyle, you took that. You said, I take that in Jesus' name. And you prayed it and you believed it. And your son is alive because of it. And what, what, how did you say that about the devil? That he's going to what? <laughs> he's going to regret the day he ever touched my. I talk about it in the book. Cause it's like, you you know, when the devil comes after you, you don't let him get away with it. What, what would you do to a bully down the street? You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. The devil's the same way. And it's in in the process of the meeting of life, as long as you're always, what I'm talking about, punch the devil back. He's like any bully. You know, once he, once he realizes that you realize who you are in Christ and you're living a life free and worrying, you have this confidence and a glow inside of you. The devil's like, Whoa, I'm just going to go on down to Jack over there. He, you know, he's, he's, you know, so you, you know, you uh, project uh, strength to avoid conflict, but understand about the book or or especially reading, you know, I, I narrated it myself. But again, I, I want to share this with everybody, but understand originally this was for my kids and for my my grandkids and great, great grandkids our friends. And, you know, people would come up to me sometime and ask me a question about the Bible and I'd go to answer them. I think, well, I, he'd have to understand this first and I, he'd have to understand that first. And I'm trying to how do you do? 
And so it's also for like, you know, for myself. So if I have friends or I come in contact, it's like ask me a thing about the Bible. I say, listen, here, <laughs> it, you know, it'll take you, you know, it. you can read it in an hour. You can read an hour and a half. And if you still have any questions, you can come to me afterwards. Um, so it's, you know, so you can really just, but understand that. Uh, so I narrated it myself. Now I'm the worst one as far as I'm not the best yeah. outside reader. So don't think this is some kind of professional recording or anything like it. It's me reading it. And I wasn't the best to do it, but I wanted them to hear it from my voice. And um, as, as bad it. as it is, or I, I love it. It's, I it's a gift to the world. It, it, it is a gift. I mean, we, we, we say this all the time. We're, we're all in this together. We're locking arms. You know, again, we say politically, like people want a Donald Trump to 80 million things, save our country. The answer is 80 million of us doing one thing each day to save our, our own country. And it's that way in our faith, it's in our school system, it's in media, it's in every area. And, um, you know, you don't have to be a pastor as a job to make a difference in the kingdom of God. If, if you follow Jesus' example, most of the time, it's going to be the, the fisherman and the cattle rancher, and it's going to be, you know, uh, just, you know, a couple of rednecks in Missouri like ourselves that, you know, just uh, people that are saying yes to what God has next and being available. And I think that's the message. And, and Flyover family, this is a great thing. If you need somebody, if you know somebody needs some encouragement or is contending for mm-hmm. something in their life, doesn't even have to be an illness, contending for something, this is forward this message uh, to them that can really benefit them uh, as well. Kyle, thank you for making this yes. available. Thank you for being a giver. And uh, uh, every interaction we ever have with you, uh, we always walk away better than we walked up. Uh, just always blessed and encouraged every time we're, we're around uh, you and anything has to do with your company. And uh, the conversations we've had have always been so encouraging. Thanks again for your time, Kyle. We really appreciate it. Hey guys, Frank Cox here. I'm here with my buddy Kyle from over there at Ozark Valley Wagyu Beef, or Ozark Valley Beef Company. We're going to cook up some Wagyu Beef burgers today on the San Maria Grill using this flat top. Boom. Can you put too much cheese on a burger. Take your time. We're not trying to push through it. Alright guys, I get to take a bite now. Check it out. Here we go. Anyway, bozarkwagu.com. Get on over and get your burger. I'm gonna eat the rest of this right in front of you. Flyover family, join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day. Hey.